When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. conditions apply. See website for details. Hello. Thanks for downloading the Manchester Football Social. I'm not Joe McGrath. Uh, that's because he's not here. I don't know where he is. He's on holiday somewhere. He might be hungover still from the <laughs> from the Manchester United versus PSG game. Um, I'm sure Jay had a few beers after that game, did you, Jay? I don't drink, unfortunately. Oh, do you not? <laughs> no, no, I ruined it for myself. We won't go into it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that was a great start to the intro to this podcast. Uh, Adam Keyworth from Blooming Risings here. Hello, mate. Hiya. Yeah, that was uh, interesting. It was a good show, that. Uh, yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, I think we're going to talk a bit in the podcast at the end, aren't we, about the potential for four derbies in April, but we'll get to that at the end. A little bit of a, a special ending for everyone. I don't think Sam Lee, who's also here, would mind four derbies because it means you don't have to go far from your house to get to work. That's very true. Um, <laughs> yeah, last season I was dreading the prospect of City playing United in the Champions League, but I think I was mainly Mourinho-focused. This year, I think it'd be great. It'd be good yeah. fun. Um, I'll tell you what, though, if City got Liverpool in the Champions League, I'll take the month off. I can't be, <laughs> I can't be doing with it. There was some really odd behaviour going on ahead of that game. Yeah, big time. Mainly from the, the down the M62, if I'm being honest. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Cans of Ribena at buses and all sorts of Why nonsense. is that not a surprise? Don't no. forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss another show. And we'll see you the other side of this. Hello, this is the Manchester Football Social, your platform to have your say on your club, whether it be Manchester United or Manchester City. We want to hear from you on the show, so give us a bell. The number is 0345 or drop us a text 87711. Don't forget to give us a follow on Twitter as well. It's at MCR30Social. Let us know what you think. It's been a busy day in the footballing world in Manchester, let alone a busy week, and there is absolutely loads to get stuck into tonight. First of all, what is going on with Manchester City right now? Those three letters FFP cropping up again and it's another three letters VAR which have got Manchester United fans absolutely buzzing. I'm Niall, I'm in for Joe McGrath tonight. I'm pretty sure still hung over following United's Champions League triumph over PSG. No Statman Dave either who is also hung over after Rashford's winning penalty and Nat Pike is also not around this evening. I heard she didn't want to face the gloating United fans of Joe and Statman Dave after Wednesday 
Wednesday night's affairs, but we have a more than adequate reserve squad tonight. Jay from Full Time Devils Great. is here. Hello, mate. <laughs> what, what an intro. You just basically told me you couldn't get anyone else. Hey, don't worry. Why do you think I'm sad? <laughs> <laughs> How are you, mate? You okay? Yeah, I'm good. I'm still there, uh, sort of getting over it. I bet you're absolutely buzzing, mate. I was not sunk in yet. Is it not? No. Well, you've had it a few seem days. real. You've had a few days. Also, we have Adam from Blue Moon Rising. I've heard you've got a bit of an apology. Yeah, yeah, I need, I need to apologise to my mum. I uh, went missing in action from last week's show and didn't tell her, so I'm back on. So, <laughs> hiya mum, sorry about that. But uh, on the blue half, kind of, um, is a um, very adequate replacement, Mr Sam Lee. Um, you, I can say you're on the blue half, but you can you can straddle both sides. Both camps. Year. Exactly, yeah. And we do need your expertise mm. straight up top. Yeah. So in the last couple of hours, we've seen about FFP again with City. What's happened this time? I know we talked about it a lot on the City show the other night, and if you haven't checked it out, make sure you do. Check it out uh, wherever you get your podcast. Just type in Manchester Football Social. What has happened with the Premier League, FA, UEFA? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I really don't want to go into this. I mean, there's so many wormholes, <laughs> wormholes you can disappear down. But obviously, Thursday night, UEFA announced that they were investigating City over financial fair play. And then about half four this afternoon... Um, the Premier League announced they're in, they're also investigating City for a financial fair play, but also how they've signed youth team players and also potential third party ownership breaches. Oh, so good. there's a trifecta of investigations going on from the Premier League, and it's not really something people have thought about before. But that opens up a whole load of other questions about points deductions and and whatever and, and nobody knows the answers yet there's nothing in their handbook about it then that's that's probably the most important thing to say in it that nobody actually knows the answers so we we've seen all this that oh maybe points deductions maybe uh, kicked out the champions league got whatever it is but nobody knows anything yet and these things take ages anyway you know how long these things get dragged out for look at the transfer bans and anything else that's gone on so I'm, I'm not too worried about it yet. How do you feel, though, as a City fan? Because it, it is a lot to digest, as you said. And, 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 and obviously, yeah. as a supporter, you want to know what's going on with you. Yeah, fans. yeah. But it's it's just a weird one. Obviously, if City have done what they've said uh, City have done, then you get punished for it. It's just the way it is. But City came out really strongly last night and said, look, this is not right. So I, I don't actually think I've seen a statement like that from City before, where they've down just downplayed it so quickly. It's usually the legal spiel of yeah. uh, no further comment until the investigation. They just came out and said, nope. They've done that a lot lately, Sam, haven't they? That that we're not going to make any comments because obviously of the way that, that this information was, was attained. Yeah. But this statement that they released yesterday was actually coming out quite strongly and vilifying all of these claims, which we haven't seen too much from City. Yeah, well, I mean, they didn't deny it, did they? In, in yeah. the previous ones, they hadn't denied it. They, they, they kind of put up a case, but didn't deny it. And that's what a lot of journalists... Were, were clinging to, you know, they were saying, look, well, City haven't denied it. So they kind of felt like carte blanche to, to just crack on and say, well, they've not denied it, so it must be true. But now City have actually come out and say, this isn't true, and we are, we welcome the opportunity to fight it. And I mean, I've no idea how long it's going to take in this whole process and, of them fighting it. It's going to go back and forth for a long time. <laughs> Jay, United point of view. Um, listen, <laughs> to be honest with you, my only concern is if you are going to have a points deduction, at least have it next season. That's all, that's all I'm going to say on it. Yeah. I'm not, you know, I'm also not cheering for for City to win the league, but it's a lot better than that other mob down the M62. So yeah, I I don't know what's going to happen. I don't really understand FFP, if I'm being honest, that well. We've we've heard of City have been breaking these rules. It's been going on for years. I think Arsene Wenger said something about it years ago. 
whatever happens, happens. I've got no faith in the Premier League, FIFA, FA, UEFA, whoever is investigating this. I think we've seen sort of things before with bans and transfer bans and points deduction, whatever. There's always seems to be some sort of loophole. But like I said, it's just, it's, it's from a United point of view, it's quite funny. It's quite amusing <laughs> just to sit back and think, you know, our club was in such a mess for so long and now we're sort of all buzzing, all these at the wheel and all the rest of it. And City, who are challenging for four trophies, are still somehow managing to be a bit sitty about everything <laughs> yeah it'd, it'd be typical I saw, on, I saw on Twitter today someone saying that it would be it'd be the like the pinnacle of typical city should we win all four and then get all four taken back off us you'd win the quadruple and then they go actually no no you can't have them I yeah. think we need to point out that it is just an investigation at the moment and nothing has actually happened Some lawyer, we need to make sure just in case anyone does want to sue us and take us to court but Sam what is, what is the worst that could happen if things get, do really get bad for City I mean there's possibilities of all sorts of stuff being launched out the Champions League I mean what's what's the kind of worst that could happen yeah, well, I mean, we've mentioned all this. We haven't even mentioned the fact that FIFA are investigating as well over <laughs> what, someone else signing, well? signing overseas young players. And so the worst case in that situation could be a transfer ban like Chelsea have just got and Chelsea are fighting now. The worst case scenario from UEFA would be a ban from the Champions League. And, you know, City got fined 50 million five years ago. So it could be more than that as well to go with the ban. And I mean, with the Premier League, this is speculation because I don't think they've actually got set rules about it. Mm. But when they've kind of had clubs with financial irregularities in the past and I mean, in the Football League, which is a different entity, but there have been points deductions. So, I mean, I don't want to make people panic or well, make, maybe even make United fans panic that, you know, Liverpool are going to end up winning the league because of this. But You've I don't got know. one job, sir. I don't, That's your yeah, only job. I don't think a points deduction is... is completely off the table but I mean like we say there's a long way to go but they are the worst case scenarios can we, you imagine if Liverpool won the league because City well, got docked points it would just be the worst climax of season count. ever I mean they'll, knowing Liverpool fans they'll fight for that no matter what <laughs> they'll be fighting for that in 20 years but we were talking earlier today weren't we Keezy we yeah. were saying that I think even as a United fan you're looking at you think retrospective action seems to make just a mockery of so much I think Fair enough, if City get found out, they broke the rules in UEFA or whoever decide to deduct some points and find them and do all these bans, moving forward, that makes sense. I think if you start saying, well, that league you've just all played 38 games for doesn't count anymore, it makes a bit of a, it turns it into a bit of a shambles. So I'd expect if there is any punishment, I think it makes more sense, not just because I don't want Liverpool to win the league, but I think it makes more sense for it to happen going forward rather than to go, oh, well, those, you know, those points you got were taking them off you or whatever. That seems like it. Then, then it just causes all sorts of chaos. Yeah. And then it means well, all those games went to what were they just meaningless? I don't know. It's, just, mm. it's a bit of a mess in it to be honest. Could be an interesting start to next season if we started with minus twelve points and in no Champions League. <laughs> if you think proper worst you know, case, but um, let's talk worst case again. So other, <laughs> other very positive, other, other, other ridiculous City news, total speculation today that I'm sure Sam has had four thousand tweets about this afternoon. Apparently Pep agreed a four-year deal to join Juve, according to some Italian fella. Um, Sam, you've had this question a lot. Normally when it's stuff like this and it's like, well, surely not, I do at least kind of check with someone and be like, right, what's going on? And then they go, no, obviously not. And you go, right, fine, tweet it out. But this one, I'm straight away, I'm just feeling comfortable saying, it's not going to happen, is it? <laughs> now, I wouldn't be surprised if Guardiola goes to Serie A at some point, might go to Juve at some point, but... You can, say, you can say a lot of things about Guardiola and a lot of people do, but I think he's a man of his word. He's got yeah. a contract. He's working with not just former colleagues, but friends as well. 
he's I don't he's not going to walk out on City at the end of the season surely I mean right I'll play this back at the end of the season if it happens <laughs> and I'll, I'll delete my account on Twitter and I'll just be <laughs> done done for as a journalist but I, I mean I just can't can anyone see this happening? Is can it anyone a step see this down? Happening? For me, that's a step down. At what, going to Juventus from Serbia? I think so. Having that one. Uh, no, in terms of... So. Behave. I think not so. yet. Not I think yet. so. Juventus are one of the biggest clubs I in think, the world. I and think right I know now... I'm not going down that old road of sitting on a big club. They are a big club. I'm not saying that. But Juventus, I would put them in the top sort of... You're up there with the Barcelona's, the United's, dare I say, the Real Madrid's, Juventus. Them, for me, are the very top. And I think just below that rung, you've got the likes of City and Paris Saint-Germain and a few others. PSG, I, I, I would disagree with that. I, think I, think, I don't think PSG I get where Sam's coming from the there. reasons, but I don't think it's a step down going from Manchester City to Juventus. I think he'd um, he'd probably, if he ends up going into any other club, you'd imagine it would be there. Because they haven't won the Champions League for that for innumerable years. So you'd imagine he'd go there with the sole intention. I know and if, that he it could be top four European leagues if, as well, if, wouldn't if he, it? If yeah. he won... I hate even saying this out loud. Yeah. If he won the quadruple, though, Simon, if you keys here, do you not think there'd be an element of, well, I've won 100 points, I've won the quadruple, what more can I possibly do here? Maybe it's a new challenge because, you know, we saw it at Barca, he just kept winning trebles and he said, you know, what, what do we do is keep winning everything. And, then, you know, where do you go after that? You broke records in the league and then potentially, you know, you do something like that. Is that the time to just say, right, sail I, off into the sunset? Yeah, I mean, like I said, there's an element of that. You might think that, yeah. but... Again, going just going back to the contract he's got, the contract he's just signed, he, he wouldn't. I don't think he'd leave the club in the lurch. And you know the Barca stuff, he had a lot of pressure there. He was yeah, fighting so a lot of battle, yeah, battles, kind of with his own board and outside the club and all of that. At City, no, he's not fighting any battles. Everything's just external. He's well protected, and he might think, "Well, I didn't expect this," but um, I don't think he's going to walk out and go <sighs> Juve. I, I, I can't but hope I hope he does go <laughs> to Juve. Icing on the cake, only okay. gets the job. He goes to Juve. When I said I thought it was a, a step down, you said, no, I don't agree with you. No, I don't. If Manchester City won the treble this season, yeah. would that still not be so a step down? So when Porto won the treble, were they a bigger club than Barcelona? I'm saying, if, if Manchester City won well, the, the champion... won the treble. Well, the, the, the Portuguese league is nowhere near right, the quality then when Inter won the treble, were they a bigger club than Real Madrid? I, t- I, I wouldn't say that, no. Cause when in terms Jose of left Inter to go to Real Madrid, was that a step down because he just left the club that won the treble? Yeah, I would have said yeah. <laughs> At that moment in time, in terms of the I'm quality, not being funny. for me, Juventus are one of the super clubs, the giants of of world football. I think you know you can look at the history, the, the fan base they've got worldwide, everything about them. They've, I know they don't have sort of the same amount of fans in the ground as whatever you would get at United or some of the other clubs like Barcelona but Juventus for me is one of the top sort of four or five clubs and I'm, like I said earlier this isn't this on City I think there's a lot of City fans who probably agree with me are not quite at that top elite level no, you're talking yet. about the top top I put about five clubs uh, in, in prestige there. I would agree yeah and in I, terms of quality, I think it's a though. bit of a statement to say going from City to going to Juventus oh, he's, he's slumming it now in terms isn't of the man? quality of the players he's, he's, he's let himself go <laughs> go to the old lady um, where does Allegri go then? United? Or? Oh, don't. don't. <laughs> we were talking before, we were said that would just be such an Ed Woodward move. Yeah. Uh, Ollie just wins every game and he say, thanks for that, Ollie. Now we've got Allegri in for 50 million a year. Yeah. No. And, and Ollie goes <laughs> yeah. to. Yeah, goes back to Mulder. Um, or to Juve. Yeah, or to Juve, yeah. Um, we, I wanted to ask you that anyway, whilst we'll get away from City now because this week's just been a bit weird. <laughs> um, and the less said about it, the better for now. Um, with the whole Solskjaer. I don't want to say cult, but it's very much feeling very much like it's such a bubble at the uh, moment. It's where, a bubble. Yeah. Yeah, well, there's definitely a It's almost like a, 
<laughs> said to you this morning, it's something weird. Right. Where we, you, I know where you're going with this. I'm refer- and, I, and I am you, referring you to this with anyone, right? Seen. You can do this with any fan base. You can say the odd one or two, <laughs> or the few dozen. It's got who weird. tweet weird memes and things and say things, and or the odd journalist, not Sam, obviously, yeah, or others who may say outlandish statements in the interest of maybe perhaps getting people to click on it. So again, yeah, again, not me, <laughs> not you, Sam. No. Uh, that is not Sam and, it, you know, other people that we won't name. But, and I get it, and I look at it and I've said myself it looks a bit scouse to Liverpool. me when I've seen yeah. them sort of things like those memes and it's, yeah. you know, I used to say to McCall Liverpool when it was the whole Brendan Rogers looking up to Bob Paisley oh. in the sky saying, how are you doing, son? And all that, yeah. We had that, we rammed that down their throat. So there is a bit of that, but let's face facts here. You've got a guy who won the treble, literally won the, scored the winning goal He's an absolute legend at United as a player, loved as a personality. You had a club that was at such a low ebb. We just watched our rivals walk the title. Then we go into this pre-season, we have our manager saying, basically, we're not very good. I'm not going to play any of the kids. It's going to be a horrible season. I wanted five players. I've not got any of them. You know, Incredible. what? it's a mess. And, you know, I go every week, I'm seeing to get older. Watching the football was awful at the beginning of the season. And I was one who, who stuck up for Jose. But it just became you know, indefensible. And the, the Liverpool game was the icing on the cake when you're just taking off the right back who's protecting you and bringing on Fellaini. It just didn't make any sense. Ollie comes in and okay, you think, right, you beat the likes of Cardiff, Huddersfield, Bournemouth. But then to go to Spurs, get a win. To go to Arsenal, get a win. To go to Chelsea. We never win at Chelsea. I've been at Chelsea, I went to Chelsea twice in one season. We got bo- knocked out of both cups. It's an awful ground for us. And then the icing on the cake, the PSG game, the one criticism you can add of Oli was the 2-0 defeat at home. Mm. He goes away to Paris, which is a difficult ground to go to, and he gets a win in the manner we got it, and we can go into the ins and outs of that later on with VR and the rest of it. So it's almost as if it's too good to be true. So I get people getting carried away. I'm getting carried away with it. It's, <laughs> it's you know, it's, I've seen it all as a United fan, and this feels like a, just a magical time because we've gone from such a low ebb this is different. Under Fergie, you always thought these things could happen. Yeah. You know, under Mourinho, it was it was awful, yeah. and now it's 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 amazing. Would you, would you say that winning the game like you did so dramatically in the 90th minute with that penalty is probably more of an injection in terms of a confidence boost and, and a feel good factor than if you had won the game over two legs, maybe two nil, two one, or something like that? I think so. I think when you score late, it gives you a little mm. bit more impetus than maybe you had before. I think it's not that just that; it's the, the team we put out. Yeah. Yes, they were missing Cavani and Neymar, but you have players <laughs> like Mason Green. You had school kids, you know, you've got school in the morning playing. You had Chong Greenwood coming on. You had Pereira and McTominay, two players that Mourinho basically said, "My team's rubbish because I've got to play these." Yeah, exactly. That was that, that was the sort of statements he was coming out with. And they they were playing and they didn't just play; they played well. You know, Fred, who was sort of seemed to be this big signing we made, who no one wanted. And all of a sudden he comes into his own. So I think when you've got so many players out and to go there and winning the manner we did, it was amazing. There's the one thing that I keep thinking of is did obviously Mourinho was a really bad influence and he stunk the place out. Mm. But some of these players, especially some of the bigger players, it definitely like they were in charge, if you think if you look back on it, because they're obviously not bad players. You look at Pogba, Fred. Lukaku in in spells and even even Rashford and Martial. I know the manager's getting more out of them, but were they a lot to blame for for Mourinho going? Because it just the thing is, I think when a lot of people say this, they they kind of think of it as like a conscious decision, as if they've all got their heads mm-hmm. together and just gone right. We're going to turn off. We're going to get this manager mm-hmm. sacked, and we're going to do our best not to try on the pitch. I don't think it's as cut and dry as that. I think, you know, over a long period of time, they've been kind of degraded by the manager in public and in private. 
you know, even even Fellaini by the end, I'd heard from a reliable source that even Fellaini was thinking that's a bit out of order. And you'd think if Fellaini, if Mourinho had one ally in the dressing room, it would it's be Fellaini, Fellaini given yeah. how many opportunities he had, how much praise he got, and even he thought the manager was out of order. So I mean, what Pogba going to think? What's Lukaku going to think? All of these players. I just think it's just one of those. You get yourself into a state. If you go into work every day, your boss is slagging you off every day. You're not performing. You wake up in the morning, you're dreading it, and yeah, they're millionaires and all that, but they are footballers. They're used to playing football. They're used to just just winning and yeah. just life being good. And all of a sudden, you've got, you know, he sucked the life out of the place. It wasn't just the players. It was the staff and all the people around. It was just, you know, you stayed at the Lowry. People were walking on eggshells around the hotel. You know, you can imagine that <laughs> environment. Uh, in the dressing room. So I don't think they all got together and said, right, let's get this bloke out. No, it was I just a agree. natural thing. Their, their performances dropped off and there's no plan on the pitch either. Look at City players. They're overperforming. They're fulfilling their potential because there's a plan. They know what they're doing. They weren't onto the pitch. They were unhappy. They had no idea what they were doing. The football was terrible. <laughs> of course, of course they underperformed. I mean, I, yeah, I, miss it. I, I get that. I, I don't think any player playing, not just United, top level club goes out and thinks they don't want to win. But you look at the tactics, some of them, you had Paul Pogba almost as a holding midfielder. You, you were dropping him for big games that we needed and you can argue, oh, he said things he shouldn't have said, whatever. But we've seen just giving him that bit of freedom, what a difference it makes. You were telling your defenders they're not good enough and you needed yeah. a new defender. Yeah. Ollie's come in. Lindelof, Chris Smalling in Paris, I think that was his best best game in United shirt or one of them. He, was, he looks amazing. Now, this is a player that was told basically, you're not good enough. It's such a weird paradox because obviously Mourinho was trying to put pressure on, on those above his head trying to get them to, to make investments and make the signings he wants but when you come out public and say these things you're only going to make the players you have got feel yeah. a little bit worse you about it. you couldn't even be injured with Mourinho do you remember when like, Lukaku got injured for the cup finally had a go at him yeah. had a go at Luke Shaw being injured I remember John Terry once saying that Mourinho used to walk past him when he was on the treatment table and wouldn't even make eye contact yeah. and he'd just go to the physio how long is he going to be out for not I even talk to him and it's not just all that but he, he was lowering expectations wasn't he he was sitting there after Champions League defeats going it's usual for United to be knocked out of the Champions League. Look, this happens. And, and, and he was saying, look, we can't play attacking football because we haven't got the defenders. You know, we can't defend solidly. That's out the window. United haven't signed anyone since. They've been attacking football now. Look, beating PSG. And he, yeah, it's it just, it just moist, goes to show. very moist, the comments he made. Yeah. You know, like, we aspire to be like that. Worse than Moyes, I think. Yeah, because was. he was kind of it going was. out of his way to say, Moyes was just kind of hapless, didn't really know what yeah, he was doing. Exactly. He was going, oh, yeah, we should be like City. Fair enough. Off the, off the cuff comment that... <laughs> came back to warn him. Mourinho was genuinely like, look, don't even bother anything with this team because we're not very good. <laughs> right, talking about the Champions League, we've got the small matter of that penalty, that VAR decision. Was it a penalty? Was it not? Get involved, let us know. 0345 treble one seven six two five. Send us a text on 87711 or tweet us at MCR Footy Social. How far could this United team actually go this season under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer? Is Ole actually at the wheel or are Mike Phelan and uh, Sir Alex Ferguson maybe playing a little bit more of a part in it than we think? This is the Manchester Football Social. Manchester Football Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss a show. Welcome back to the Manchester Football Social. I'm Adam. I'm joined by Sam and Jay and Niall tonight hey. in the absence of Joe and Statman Dave and Nat. Uh, we've talked about <laughs> absolute B squad. Everyone, Everyone. No, we're not, we're not, exactly. We've seen on Wednesday. You've seen the big uh, team can survive. We, we've already <laughs> talked about Flourish. FSP. Pep going to Juve. Oh, we had absolutely tons in that first, first section. This one, we're going to go all in on VAR, and we want your thoughts on VAR. Whether you're for it, whether you're against it, get in touch. Give us a call on oh three four five treble one seven six two five, or drop us a text on eight double seven double one. Or if you want to get on Twitter, get us at, at MCR Footy Social. 
So, VAR, Jay, I believe you're a newborn fan. I, I, in the, in, funnily enough, on Wednesday night, at about the 90th minute, I became a convert to VAR from someone who'd been dead against it, who'd said, you know, can you imagine in 99 if after Sheringham's goal we'd have had five minutes of faffing whether he was offside? To someone who's now a card carry member of the VAR fan club, <laughs> I'm thinking of getting VAR tattooed on the uh, on the head. It's a, it's a wonderful rule. Sam, yeah, uh, come on. <laughs> I think eventually the idea is going to be good. At the minute, it's just a bit of a mess. But the, yeah. the problem at the minute is it takes too long. You should have like a minute cut off if it's not clear cut. Yeah. I think the main I've... problem the other night was just the, the UEFA and FIFA handball rules are different to the Premier League ones. No, we're no. just we're just not used to that. That wouldn't be handball in the Premier League. I, I just can't understand. You know, you've got a linesman who'll make a decision that's a, an offside or whatever. Why you can't have someone, a referee, a trained referee, watching the VR who can instantly say to the referee, "I've seen that. That's apparently." So you're not having the five minutes of the referee running over to a screen, which in itself is a bit of a joke. Why can't you just have it? Him saying right in his ear, "Yeah, we've looked at it. Definitely." Glenn Hoddle made a good point on the telly, saying that football <laughs> really? needs to learn from cricket in terms of the decision is taken out of the referee on the pitch's hands, yeah. taken to a truck somewhere with a, cu a couple of TVs, then thrown back to the referee on the pitch. Now, in the in cricket, it's once it's taken off the pitch, it stays off the pitch, and the bloke who's dealing with the VAR in the truck makes the decision. Would that work? Would that be a, an effective <laughs> well, way for Well, they're, they're kind of doing that, but then they bring it back on the pitch. Well, that's the, the problem. Goes, Hang on, it. it's my turn now. I think, I think <clears> that, <throat> that truck may have been overturned in Paris by about yeah. 50,000 irate <laughs> Parisians. Um, but no, I think, I think yeah, that's similar to what I was saying, you know, just to, to sort of make it more instantaneous, have someone who makes that decision and fires it back to the ref, which also, as you mentioned, stops people kicking off of the ref as much because it's not his decision. One question, right? <laughs> and we'll go round. What is the handball rule? In, in the, well, let's go to the Champions League because that's what we've just, that's what it's all about in this This is just so crazy you're asking me what the handball rule Can is in me? the Champions League. Yeah, but well, shouldn't it be what the handball rule is in football? Well, Why, there yeah. shouldn't be a difference between the Champions League, yeah. the Premier League, but whatever league you want. But there is. But why? I don't know. Can you tell me the rule? Can I tell you the rule? Without any of um, us having researched it. Uh, <laughs> so, I'd say obviously below the shoulder... Yeah. Um, your arms need to be in this, what we, got. I, I tell you what, I'll go for the cliche, in a natural position by your side. You sound like Peter if you, Walton. If, yeah, well, no, that's not a good thing. <laughs> if, it's, oh. if, if your hands are not in a natural position or your arms are not in a natural position, the referee is therefore going to penalise you for handball. That is what I would say because that's what we hear on the telly, it's what we hear on the radio, it's what you see on Twitter, but that is just what most people, I think, down the pub, wherever, would say what the handball rule was. Yeah, well, if, if you ask me... If, you, if you'd have asked me that, I would have said it's when they purposefully, or purpose on purpose, they they use their yeah, hand to stop the ball or their arm. That That is just what you were brought up with. But apparently now, it doesn't really matter as, as long as it hits your hand. In the Champions League, it's the same with the Otamendi one and the same with the one in Paris. Like Sam was just saying off air, that one, once you'd seen the Otamendi one, they had to give the one in Paris because... It, it doesn't matter how close they were or whether the ball was going in or not. As soon as it hit their arm, you know it's going to go to VAR and everything is handball slowed down. Yeah. There's no more ball to hand if it's slowed down. If it's slowed down 20 times and the referee then gets another 14 angles, he's, it's going to be given a handball. Obviously, a massive part of football is luck. Um, and to take that element away is, is really strange for me because if they just changed it and made it, if it hits your hand, it's a handball. right? Mm -hmm. If it hits your arm, it's a handball. 
oh no, that's really harsh, ref. Sorry, mate, it's the rules. Do you know, I mean, it's the rules. Yeah, like, if, if you're, they, you're right. But I, I think even worse than all this, I know we're talking about behind the sort of straight point, is the offside thing. That for me, I think it's is, a, kill it. is, a, is, a, is a shambles. Where yeah. you can't put the yeah. flag up. You know, oh, me, but there's that. There's the, the you know, if your nose can be offside or whatever it is, your, your elbow. You just say that because you're looking at me. <laughs> Mate, listen. <laughs> anyone who knows me know I've had a nose job, so I'm not going to start throwing uh, stones in that glass house. Um, but no, I just think that to me is becoming a nonsense. That's confusing. Yeah. Then you're throwing into the the handball thing as well. It's it's just becoming it's becoming too difficult. Other than the the, the one that I, I did agree with on Wednesday night. Okay, we got someone on the line. We got Dan on the line. Dan, did you see the penalty? What did you make of it? VAR, yes or no? What are you saying to us, mate? Um, I think. Things, isn't it? I think we're in a society now where everything just gets mulled over and mulled over and mulled over. I think it's good for you, lads. It'll keep you in business. <laughs> I think you and, uh, and talk sport and places like that can keep going about it. Um, I think we'll win some, we'll lose some, like we did before, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> We were talking before about Jose Mourinho before the break and, and you've got a point you want to make about Jose Mourinho and, and sort of the, the the link maybe with Manchester City and how maybe the game might have been different if, if Mourinho was still in charge. No, no, I was saying before with Mourinho, um, I think if, you, if you're a manager of any team, like a sales team, anything like that, if you've got one lad that don't want to work for you, your back's bigger than his. But when you start to get a few, that's a worry. And then when you had the amount that Mourinho's had against him, the problems with the manager, it doesn't matter. I think when you've got one person, one, one of the lads that's got an issue with the manager, then you should back the manager. But after a few lads get together and things like that, you've got to start looking at what the manager's doing. And I think I don't think it was a conscious effort to push Mourinho out, but I think eventually when it's just so... Um, uptight in work and things like that I think eventually you are going to you know you've got to look at the manager and what he's doing Okay, Dan. Day, he is there to coach the lads and he's there to get the lads going that's his job thanks for calling in Dan appreciate your point mate that was Dan there giving us a call you can do the same 0345 treble one seven six two five. send us a text 87711 or you can send us a tweet at MCR footy social but handball, we were talking about it. But VAR, we were talking well, about we that wanna, as well. We don't want to dwell on Mourinho, do we? We he's, don't. He's, gone, he's, he's like you say, he's a dark it. cloud. Thanks, sucking, thanks for Stockholm, Jose. That's all I'll say. Sucking the life Stockholm. out of the studio. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's dwell on VAR. But, but you mentioned yeah, a really interesting point, Jay. Just, just <laughs> so, earlier. Uh, even that doesn't happen, clocks doesn't happen right too often, does it? No. You mentioned about what would have happened if Sheringham was offside in '99, for instance. And I think you said that earlier on, Sam, as well. That the VAR going to the assistant referee in the truck, wherever he might be is taken away from that spontaneous element of the game the whole joy of, of scoring in the 90th minute is those wild scenes in the away end where you celebrate and you don't know where you are you don't know what's going on so if that element's taken away I think that that slightly ruins it because you don't know when you when, when to go mental when you yeah, celebrate I think it is going to change how like how we just enjoy football now look if someone goes through on goal everyone looks at the linesman yeah, the striker probably will himself, but everyone yeah. in the stadium does. If the flag stays down, you think right. If you put this away, we're going mental. Yeah, and then you celebrate. Yeah. Now, you know, obviously, they're told to keep the flag down, which Steve McManaman still doesn't understand. <laughs> Just the back down about four times the other night. <laughs> Mad. <laughs> but now, yeah. So now, but now the flag stays down. Puts the ball in the net. Lansman puts the flag up. They check it. As we as football fans get used to that, we're going to start expecting their flag to go up. So it's like you're going to be celebrating, but going, oh, what's going on? And it, it, it just ruins the whole... Yeah. That genuinely ruins one of the best parts of football. Could you imagine going back to the QPR game? Because we have to. 
<laughs> Aguero's put through. I knew this was going to happen. I knew I could keep going on about <laughs> 99. Every time you're in, Jay, every time you're in. Could you imagine? He's put through. He scores and the stadium goes, oh, well, we're going to go to VAR now oh, on the screen. Yeah, this and is the Well, I, I had a rant on this the other week when it came up after the City game and the Otamendi decision, which was identical to one in Paris. VAR should just be for black and white decisions. Offside, it's, it's, you can see that. Goal line technology, I get that. Ball got out of play, I get that. But it's still going to be a subjective decision. Mm. A penalty for me might not be the same as a penalty for you, even though it's the same rule. Yeah. Was there enough contact? Maybe. And then they come up and say, oh, it's, it's clear and obvious. That's why, what is what does that mean? Was the, was the penalty against Kimpembe for PSG? Marcus Rashford obviously scored it. Absolute wild scenes in the Parc de France. Was that a penalty? Because we've had a tweet in here from Small, Small Short Boys who says, if you don't think that was a pen, follow another sport. You know nought about footy. But that's a lot of people that he's. It's a lot of people he's putting in the dark there because all of the pundits on the telly seem to think that it wasn't a pen. Yeah. Well, to be fair, UEFA rules. It's a pen. You know, their rules are different to the the Premier League ones and what you two were describing earlier about if it's intentional or if it's in an unnatural position. Mm. You know, UEFA put out a little statement today explaining their decisions. What do they say? The referee confirmed that the distance the ball travelled was not short and the impact could therefore not be expected. So, you know, they unexpected. So they take the distance into account. The next bit is the key bit. The defender's arm was not close to the body, which made the defender's body bigger, thus resulting in the ball being stopped from travelling in the direction of the goal. So now it's just for UEFA, if your arm's out a bit and it's not tucked into your body, it's going to be on board. Have you seen that? There's a video, it's mentioned, mentioned that, of McTominay in a game where someone crosses it and he's got his arm, he puts his arms behind his back. Yeah, sort of thing, that, yeah. saying that, you know, that's what the defenders are going to have to do. I think the, the trouble that Kimbepe won is jumping. Yeah. Anyone who jumps, you put your arms out, don't you, to get yourself you a just have, you that's, It's a natural it's... thing. So if you are going to jump, when someone's having a shot, you're always going to jump to try and block it. You're going to put your arms up to try and get yourself higher. It just, it gets very sort of yeah. difficult. And when you're talking about the distance as well, that just makes it more complicated because then, you know, well, what is the distance? Who, who judges whether that's far mm. enough distance enough for you to have made that conscious decision? What I'll say for you, Afer, is... They've been consistent on it. They, these are their rules, and they have applied it, to be fair. The Otamendi one was the same. It was harsh, but they decided his arm was out, out, out of, away from his body, so they gave it. Same as the Kempembe one the other night. I think the Real Madrid game, Delict, there was a cross that hit his hand from close range, but it was tucked in, so his elbow was basically in front of his ribcage, and they didn't give it. So, in fairness, they are being consistent. Maybe we just need to get used to the fact that the rules are different to the Premier League. I feel a little bit sick saying this, but I agreed with a comment Ferdinand made after the game that... <laughs> You then take, you're giving all the advantage to the attackers. Mm. If a defender has to tuck his arms in every time the ball's coming near him, he's, he's not, he's going to be off balance anyway because he's, he's in an unnatural position. What is a natural position? This, it, the fact that UEFA are having to put out a statement about why they gave a penalty just sums it up that it's, it's a mess in the current state. I haven't got the answers to what they should do, but. Is that not is that not a good thing though? Do you think in yeah, a way giving I, the advantage to the attacker? Not all in a the sort time. of let's score loads of goals football type of way. I mean, if you if you delve deep into it, if they do implement that as a rule and the advantage is given to the attacker, 
then as long as that stays a rule and, and kids are taught that from when they come through, that is probably then in 10, 15 years when you're going to start seeing a change. Yeah. It's not going to be immediate because anyone who's playing professionally now will only be used to defending one way. They won't be in a habit of sticking their arms by their side or behind their backs or keeping themselves protected. So that's where you run the risk. If you do put a rule change in, there's going to be absolute uproar from those people currently playing the game. Yeah. What are you teaching the kids? Which, which rule is the rule? It's, for me, VAR is a great idea in principle, um, but the way it's executed is really poor. Shambles. Uh, like like I say, the goal line technology is, has been fantastic. But like you say, that's black and white. It's black and I, white. You yeah. can't argue with it. I just think as well, this is sort of my little slight of sorry, but I, I just think the standard of refereeing in the Champions League isn't as good as oh, the Premier League. I think it is really... and I'm, I'm not It varies funny. big time as yeah, well between yeah. ref to ref in terms of the, the amount of cards and stuff. Yeah, and it's, you know, you think about that, how that affects the game. It almost goes under the radar a little bit, but if you know, you know the the first leg against PSG, for an example, I thought the referee had a bit of a shocker. I tweet, I was at the game and yeah. I tweeted. I mean, how many players were on a yellow card yeah. by half time? And another game that there'd, there'd be the same incidents, no yellow cards, yeah. but you got players missing the second leg, missing exactly. quarterfinals, or whatever. It matters. It affects the game in almost the same way a penalty does, well, and it's almost going under the radar because I think that's what UEFA needs to sort out because we've seen it time and time again in the Champions League, and I know we give Premier League referees stick. We d- we all do it pretty much every game. We can name all the Premier League referees that we've given group to. But I think once you watch the Champions League, you, you realise that we're actually quite fortunate in a way because some of the Champions League refereeing, I've seen not just recently, but over the last sort of 10 years, has been has been abysmal. OK, that's the Champions League, that's VAR, but we need to talk about the Premier League and what's coming up this weekend. City welcome Watford to the Etihad. Manchester United also got a big game this weekend. We'll be talking about both of those after this. Manchester Football Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss a show. Welcome back to the Manchester Football Social. I'm Sam. Tonight I'm with Adam, Jay and Niall. Very much the A-team. Don't let anybody tell you (laughs) otherwise. We've already had one caller tonight. And if you want to give us a bell as well, you can do on 0345 7625 or drop us a text on 877711. We've had some contributions uh, contributions even from Twitter as well. So you can get us on at MCR Footy Social to let us know what you think. We've still got plenty of time left tonight and the two big games this weekend. In a bit, we're going to be discussing another big game for United, a trip to Arsenal. But right now, the game on Saturday, half five, City at home to Watford, a chance to go four points clear at the top, put a bit more pressure on Liverpool. Adam, what are you thinking? Um, I think it's the perfect game for us this week, which is a strong thing to say. (laughs) But to be fair, I've had the last three predictions exactly correct what score predictions wow the FA Cup one I got 4-1 and Padre Gamon to score the consolation goal and he's been How called up like to that? the Republic of Ireland squad as just, well just a shame that I haven't had a bet on any of them um, <laughs> no I think Watford showed when they went to Anfield that yeah they've been good in some games this season they demolished Cardiff but they went to they went to Anfield and got torn to pieces yeah and I think they're going to have gone back and looked at that game and think we're not going to play how we like to play at the Etihad they're going to come sit with 10 men behind the ball like we've seen for the last four games against all these other teams especially with Bournemouth that's the one game that really frustrated me this season was the Bournemouth game because you go there and you're told about all this free-flowing football that they like to play (laughs) and they like to attack and they weren't even attacking when they went one down so I think Watford are going to do the same they're going to come sit back, hopefully get Troy Deeney into the game by playing 
horrific long balls, which is going to be very frustrating to watch. But we should be fine. It is, like Sam said, a great chance. We're playing before Liverpool again, and we need to win these games. Obviously, we need to win all of the games, but putting the pressure on Liverpool needs to become a normal thing now. And going four points clear, they've got Fulham on on, on Sunday. So Burnley. Burnley. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, you'd, expect, you'd expect them to beat them. Um, so, yeah, we just need to get the job done. And I think Pep might rotate a little bit. Sam, you've probably seen from the presser today. Uh, but some are out. Yeah, some are out. And Otamendi and Fernandinho are going to be out for the Schalke game. Mm. Well, Fernandinho's out anyway. So there's a bit going on at centre-back. But I don't know. I'd, I think he'll go full strength. Yeah. It's pretty predictable at the minute. With Otamendi out. Sorry, not Otamendi out. I'm mad here. Fernandinho out. A couple of the centre-backs out. Mendy still out. It pretty much picks itself. Mm. Bernardo Silva back in the middle. Maybe you get Sarnley back in up no front. No De Bruyne. Yeah, no De Bruyne, so, of course. So there's... Might, you can say rotate, but the yeah, thing is with City, it's, it's always a strong team. Yeah. He, he might even play Jesus. Yeah. Because of uh, Aguero seems to... Well, to be fair, I've never seen Aguero be able to play so many games in a row. He looks so incredibly sharp. Um, but... It just seems like the the ideal game to be going back into, especially the week that we've got. We've got this lot tomorrow. We've got Schalke midweek and then a trip to Swansea at the weekend for the FA Cup. So it's another hectic week, but uh, I'm I'm confident. I'm more confident than usual, which is uh, unusual. I'm usually the one saying, oh, scrape it 1-0. How confident are you that Mangala is going to be a Manchester City player come the summer? Because I was absolutely flabbergasted that they signed him up to a new deal. What's happening there? Why did you bring that up? Because I want to know what you think about it. To be, because to be perfectly honest, I thought it was a bit weird. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I have no idea, not, <laughs> not a clue. Uh, there is, there's no lot. Well, the logical explanation is we want to get some money yeah, back. Yeah, they'll sell Soriano won't let anyone go on a free. No, which we're not. Could be him. more pertinent when it comes to Gundogan. Yeah. More people would be bothered about it if he went. But with Mangala, they'll just sell him. I don't for know who anything. to you, and I don't know how, how much for. But anything. That's the logic. Are we likely to see Gundogan feature against Watford, Sam? Do you think? Uh, yeah, he'll, he'll fill in for Fernandinho at the back of midfield, and he's done all right the last couple of games. Mm. You know, he's been brilliant. They, he's not really been attacked. He's not had that dirty side of the game to do. But when he when he's in that situation, he can pick the passes and detect the game. Then he's really good at it. And they've and had well, Danilo in there as well yeah, a couple of times. That's been that. that's he's looked all right. Danilo's in looked handy. I think. Our best player in recent weeks has been Zinchenko, which mm. I'm glad I wasn't doing the Friday show about mm, about three months ago because <laughs> it, it would have made me look very stupid. He is one of a kind in that I've never seen a footballer who he knows he can't really play that position, but somehow then can win headers against Higuain. He's, he's not a tall lad. He's a, a little lad. It's just nothing to him. And I just love that, and Pep loves him for it as well, that he... Will just not give up. He'll he'll do mm. anything. He'll make a mistake and he'll just carry on. Um, and he's been a really good little uh, fill in there. He's he's done himself uh, proud because I thought he was gone. Obviously, atta- an attacking midfielder by trade. Yeah, playing left. Um, but Pep's tried a couple of times to convert players into left yeah, backs. Yeah. Is Zinchenko looking like the most successful of those? Attempts to try and turn players into, into like now it is. To be yeah. fair, Dalf did really well last like, season. Yeah, he, he was did, a big yeah. part why they won the, why they won the league. Um, when Mendy got injured, everyone thought you know, big problems mm. here. So credit to Delph for what he did last season. And Zinchenko, I mean, maybe it's, maybe it's just going to be good form. It's always hard to know while yeah. it's actually happening. Is he growing into it? And is he now become a really good left back, or at least a, you know a serviceable left back in this City team, or is he just having a good few games? I mean, it's impossible to know at the moment, but he certainly improved massively. And last season he played quite a bit, but it was normally home games when Guardiola was mm. like, "He ain't going to be exposed." We're playing Stoke at home. 
he'll be fine. There was an away game, he wouldn't play. Or there was a big game, he wouldn't play. This season, he's playing away, he's playing in the big games, and he's doing really well. So fair play to him. I'm just interested to see how far it goes, especially with City wanting to buy a left-back in the summer. And, and with Mendy seemingly coming back at some point, although that is a very strange mystery. Um, I hope Sane plays tomorrow. Uh, we haven't seen much of him at all recently. Uh, a lot to do with the, the setup he's, he's got, and he won't drop Sterling. And he won't drop Bernardo Silva, rightly so. But I'd just like to see him get a little bit of game time, especially this week. He'll definitely play at Swansea. Whether he'll play on Wednesday, I'm not sure. But um, I, I would like to see Sane come back in. I, I really like when we play the front mm. three and we haven't really seen much of it. Uh, Jay's just sat Very there. quiet over there, Jay. It's almost like, it's like you don't care. Just be Watford. <laughs> in the league. Let's just get it out of the way. Just don't mess it up. You've got one job. I don't care who plays. <laughs> I'd say you did mess up midweek was Arsenal. Because Arsenal obviously oh, had that yeah. Europa League yeah. game. Yeah. And they lost. Yeah. They lost 3-1 and it was uh, a terrible it, result for them. Uh, I, mean, I think it's still live, the tie. I think it's still on. But I think that that is a really good opportunity for them. The Europa League. I'm not just saying it because United won it a couple of seasons ago. It's a good trophy to win. You know, it's a, it's a European trophy and it gets you in the Champions League as well. So mm. I, I'm surprised they've not sort of gone for it a little bit more. But I don't know. I, I feel a bit for Emery. I think he's still. I think people underestimate just what Wenger left them with, and I think it wasn't as rosy as all the Arsenal fans like to make out. They'll make, oh, you know, you left them. It was a great setup and all the rest of it. There was a lot of rebuilding that needs to go, and we live in an age where if you don't do immediately yeah. then you're getting criticised I think even Guardiola took a while to find sorry, his feet sorry Chelsea yeah sorry you know well the Frank De Boer at Crystal Palace is, is the most obvious one isn't <laughs> it was yeah. it four games or whatever yeah, I think there's the signs there straight away when it's not happening but you know Emery had what was it a 22 game unbeaten run admittedly a lot of draws but he showed he's, we know from these past mm. jobs as well that he's a talented manager so but yeah that, it just it surprised me is, but I think he'll come good eventually so they're in a bit of a bad moment now aren't they they played a strong team the other night still lost to Ren 3-1 they've got I think it's generally accepted that if you play in the Europa League on a Thursday you generally do quite badly on a Sunday yeah. I think to be fair Arsenal have done alright this season but compared to the fact they're going to be playing United United have done such a high I think our Solskjaer was saying today Martial's back and yeah, maybe Matic and or Herrera yeah, so could be a lot stronger team as well even if they're even if they're tired that kind of result yeah. Pogba as well yeah, that kind of play. result it just gives you a bit of something mm -hmm. extra doesn't it and you know this is, what is it club record for winning nine away games in a row already, it's already the record, yeah. so this so could be 10 so could, this could well be, be 10. increasing his record that he's broke it's a, another peppism that, that and I fully agree with him and I think that's where Liverpool um, have not messed up this season because they've obviously not um, but the fact that City and United are both playing a lot of games at the minute I think that can only help I don't understand I don't, why I, team. I, 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 don't I think know. It's, you know, I always wise. think of 2008 I think of yeah. 99 every game was a cup final and I think if you go back to 99 the Arsenal game funnily enough that semi-final was was sort of like when it all clicked in yeah. and I think we had a game every week that you had to win and we just did and I think sometimes you get an element of that and I think that can actually help you Do you think, do you think it's a good time to play Arsenal or on, on, yeah. it's or is it wounded It's a good time stuff. for United to play anyone, honestly. Yeah, After the other I, night, I, they'll I, feel unbeatable. I agree with you. So I think, that, to be honest with you, Arsenal, the, I said this earlier today on the uh, podcast was on, Arsenal are the, the, probably the, the one team I always feel confident against out of the top teams. All the other top teams, be it Spurs, Chelsea, City, Liverpool, I'm always more wary than Arsenal. I just feel we've got their number. I, I think feel the like they've had beat... their number for, a, for quite a few years, going back to the Fergie days. Or later and the money you days. beat them at earlier in the season yeah, as well. The I way just feel we do. I think we've lost one out of six against them and won three. 
And I know we've got a lot of injuries, but they're missing, is it Lucas uh, Torreira, who's yeah, quite an important yeah, player. He's, he's an important player for them. And I just, I don't, it's very rare that we don't turn up against Arsenal. Niall said wounding animals, but I'd never, never get that feeling from Arsenal. Uh, I don't no. think they've got that. A bit like when City lost at Newcastle, they came back and it was like, right, someone's getting it here. But I don't think Arsenal have got that no. about them. Yeah, they tend to feel sorry for themselves. Yeah, yeah. There's, a lot, there's a lot of that in there. <laughs> yeah, well, um, can we do score predictions? Just yeah, quickly, see. we've got about 40 seconds left, cool. so come City on, what game, do you reckon? City game, Sam. Uh, first. Uh, City, 3-1. Yeah, I'm going 3-1. City, I'll go with 6 now. Cool. <laughs> United, Sam? Yeah, United, 3-1. I'm going to go 3-1. That's a favourite score. 2-0 United Arsenal. at Arsenal. I'm, I'll, I'll go 3-1, same. And, um, yeah, I'll go 3-1 again. 2-3-1s. 2-3-1s to Very United, sick. by the way, not to Arsenal, to make that clear. <laughs> right, okay. uh, this has been the Manchester Football Social. Thanks to Jay. Thanks to Adam. Thanks to Sam. Make sure you download the podcast. All you need to do is search Manchester Football Social wherever you get your podcasts. If you're a United fan, we've got a dedicated one with full-time devils. Just search Manchester United Football Social. If you're a Manchester City fan with Blue Moon Rising, you can find the podcast by searching Manchester City Football Social. But don't forget to get involved as well. Coming up next here on XS Manchester. Right, so that's another Manchester Football Social. That was that was fun. I, I enjoyed that from a supposed B team that Niall very un, unfairly hey, branded as well, we, us. It was like United we'll in the Champions League. This week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that. Don't you worry about that. So we did promise that we'd talk a little bit about the potential of four derbies in April, which, to be honest, uh, is quite terrifying. As much as exciting, it's but... more terrifying for Greater Manchester Police than anyone else. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, I mean, it's it's good in one way because there wouldn't be much travel involved. But the thought of having to play United in the league is scary enough at the moment. And the fact that if we win that, then don't, we're one don't. step closer to uh, yeah. I know. Don't, you worry. Don't, don't worry about the United in the league. Only you're going to see Lee Grant make his Premier League debut, <laughs> yeah. and you're going to see a bunch of fifteen-year-olds you've never yeah up front, you've never heard of. Did you just you admit you're scared of United there? No, I, I admit that <laughs> that is the one game that I'm looking at, thinking surely not. Surely that's not where we mess up this this year. I, I said to Jay earlier off off air that I'd. If you gave me the choice now, we have to draw United in the semi-final of the FA Cup or the quarter-finals of the Champions League, I'd take United over two legs rather than the one leg at the moment. And that's just me being sensible that that weird thing that I uh, I referred to before of just like this bubble that United are in, over one game, they are probably more dangerous than over two legs. And I think over two legs, City will just have a little bit too much. But yeah, four derbies is not for me. I know that, yeah, like you said, it, it could be worse. It could be... Liverpool in the next uh, in the next round of the Champions League, but four four derbies in four weeks is horrific. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> no, that, I mean I'm in. I know, I know, I'm in a bit of a no. weird position where you know I I do all the City games. I genuinely enjoy covering City, yeah. watching them play football, and that United fan as well. So I'm kind of, like when United are getting these draws in the FA Cup. Yeah, I'm all for you know I've got mates going oh we've got Arsenal away, we've got Chelsea away. I just want to see you know United in a proper game. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. I'm kind of like that now with this. I'm kind of thinking it'd just be really fun. It I mean, I know that's good, not yeah. the overriding emotion you got as a football it fan. It's normally nerves yeah. and yeah. hatred or whatever. It would be depending a better, on what you like. I'd, I'd, I think it'd be I'd a rather laugh. have City earlier than a final. Yeah, I wouldn't want to play City in a final 
Imagine or, that Champions League final. It'd just yeah. be in Madrid it, with I couldn't, I couldn't cope. I, I mean, couldn't it, handle that. That would be unprecedented to have four in a month. Yeah, I mean, it would never have been done. I mean, I can't think of. Well, any... it happens in La Liga quite often, doesn't it? With uh, yeah, there El was Clasico. Real Madrid Barcelona about 2011, I think, when they played. I mean, where they played each other Wednesday, Wednesday, Sunday last week. Maybe it was three. They did three this month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't we have three derbies in a month once? Yeah, double-legged Cup one. Yeah, that was. But no, you're right. That was tasty as well. That was. That was when you, City were sort of Just on the emergence. Yeah. Stephen yeah. Island days. I think Sam made a good point yes. before. This would be not nicer. It's never nice, but it would actually be a good game of football. If yeah. it was Mourinho versus Pep over two legs, it would have been pretty grim. Not not the... F- yeah. Well, the football would have been pretty grim. It would have been backs against the wall job and the fans, it would have been horrible and the managers. And This is a bit more like United are on this high of, of highs at the minute with Solskjaer in charge. City are obviously I thought you were going to say at the wheel then for a minute. No, no. <laughs> well, this is the best Manchester the City office. have ever been. In terms yeah, of this is history. the best we've ever been. And yeah, it's it's probably it's, it's a bit of a win-win for United at the minute because we know we're behind City. We know that mm. you know it's just a great feeling. I think if you play City and if we get a result, then you can say you know this is where we're at now. We've not always not even made any signings, but we're able to beat a mm. team that are potentially going to win the league um, and obviously you know yeah. pre- prevent you from winning the quadruple which is sticking in my throat um, and if we don't we know that after the, it was after the first PSG game that was a bit of a wake up call of mm. where we've got to go and I think there is still an element of that we're still two or three signings away from a league title challenge so can we work out how they would pan out so it would it be, be the FA Cup FA Cup first then one leg of the Champions League if it, if the, if obviously yeah, if it draws obviously, that and then the league game and then the second leg is that right I think that's right. Yeah. So it would be Just Champions League, and then it would they be two weeks? That they're only a week apart a in, week in that apart. stage. Yeah, so it would be Champions midweek League. United City derby, weekend Premier League City United. No, because that's already midweek. Also, oh, so, so no. no, wait, what would happen oh, there? I'm so confused. No, I think I think it's right that it's it is. No, it must be a FA midweek. Cup so be, first leg, then the midweek game. Would that midweek game? Get? No, it can't be. It's the week after. Mm-hmm. The week after, so, so there's three midweek Manchester derbies in a row. Exa- yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, that would be if the case. if it happens. That is, <laughs> the police are already hey, thinking. That. You what, <laughs> no, if you're a copper now in GMP. You'd be booking your holiday when you're <laughs> yeah, April, you using them, them loo days you've got. This yeah. and yeah, we we're just saying like about obviously United are in this on this high and City are still still winning game after game after game after game, albeit not as convincingly at the moment. Um, I still and this isn't me being horrible or whatever towards United I'm being really just quite sensible the quality difference is still is still there between both teams United are just it's It's kind of just it's kind of falling but it does when you're in that kind of form it falls for you and you get the results but I think the quality difference over two legs would be be I get what you're saying it's difficult to argue when you know you've seen the way City finished last season and the, Mm. the difference between this season what will United have got is this unbelievable momentum at the minute. Yeah, yeah. The belief is there. As yeah. a United fan, you know, I would go into a derby under Mourinho feeling just sick. <laughs> you know, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. And Darby Mourinho belly. had quite Proper a decent Darby record, to be belly. fair, in big games. But as Sam was pointing out earlier, the football would be awful. We'd be playing for almost for a draw and hoping to get them on the break. The only time we came to life in the derby was when we were 2-0 down and we had to stop City winning the, the, the league. And that was when the players suddenly just... Did what they wanted rather than you know. It's a weird situation. Situation that we always had ingrained into us. So now I, I would feel probably as confident as I've felt in many years 
probably since Fergie going into a derby, which we're, is rare. We're all going to look stupid when City get beat by Schalke. Wolves get knocked us out, and then it's like, yeah, do you remember? But it is. It, it does kind of feel like City will get United in one. It feels like it's going to come to. The Are you rigging the draw, Adam? Uh, the yeah, FA Cup, yeah. I, I think. Even if it's not next round. And yeah, we, if we, we got you in the FA Cup, we won the F, beat you in the FA Cup just to stop you winning that. We'll just take three instead. It's just amazing. It's saying it out loud just amazing how it's come to this as a United fan. In March. That, that we're going to stop City winning the quadruple. That's our, <laughs> it's, it's that's a, our goal. As a, as a football fan, you never want your team to lose any game, no matter what tournament, oh, no matter what situation. Ask me that in the league. Ask me that in City Console, Chafford. You would never wish Manchester United to lose the derby, would you? You can never. Stay, you can't the sit there and either. say, I want them to lose. That's your team, Jay. Uh, you know what? I'll be honest with you. I do. I would do anything to not see Liverpool win the league, over, <laughs> even over City. Right? I know I don't want City to win the league, and I'll have it rammed down my throat, and Keys will ram it down my throat in the office, and all my mates who've got City fans will proper give it me, but it'll be a lot more I don't think manageable than if Liverpool win it. I don't think I'm we will. Sorry. I, think, I think that's a bigger slight on did United you not, this Did season. you not see the Champions League final last season? They lost that. They lost it, and look how they went on. <laughs> uh, haven't, aren't they Imagine still... them winning something. Well, who, who was the caller that we had on? Um, Dan just now. Oh, no, a few weeks ago. Um, oh, Brian. Oh, Brian. When yeah, Brian said that they'd have uh, they'd have a, a memorial match between the current champions and the last team to win it. Yeah. That had happened at Anfield. They'd yeah. be selling yeah. John Barnes rap records. Yeah. It, it just. They'd, I mean, I saw the scenes. They played Bournemouth the other week, and I thought they were playing Real Madrid in the Champions League final summer, where there was like thousands of fans with flares and all that outside. And you think, oh, it's great. It's not great. It's sad. Just go it to is. the pub. There we exactly. go. Let's leave it there because I think that, that's. I think Just that's go what to I'm, the pub. I think that's what I'm going to do after this. I really do. <laughs> this has been the Manchester Football Seven Social. Annual. Is it? <laughs> Jeez. Thought it's it was made out of the problem. Twelve hour day. Twelve hour day. Anyway, thanks for downloading the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe. You can also find the Manchester City and Manchester United football socials wherever you find your podcasts. Hopefully, uh, we get to do this again soon. It's been decent. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.